With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Myron Metcalf here, back on the ride, filling in for Patrick Royce. This microphone still drops on me, man. It just like... It's got the mayor effect on you? Yeah, it just drops a little bit. Um, glad to be back. At least you don't have hair hanging from your microphone. Oh yeah, that's a Don't even get me started. This thing yeah. is so I don't gross. know what that's all about. <laughs> I need um, some Lysol. We're going to kick this thing off with uh, my friend Nadine uh, Babu, who <laughs> is uh, all things gophers, uh, gopherhole.com. I'm sure everyone knows that. Big time gophers fans and supporter. We're going to talk about the gophers, but the biggest thing we need to talk about, Nadine, is Beyonce and Jay-Z. Um, oh, did Beyonce, first off, what was, I mean, was Jay-Z sort of like an afterthought or was, I mean, how did people view him? He was an afterthought for me. So I went to the concert last night and I honestly didn't even think about him. My friend who invited me even said, hey, do you want to go to the Beyonce concert? The whole day I was like, I'm going to Beyonce. I'm going to Beyonce. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jay-Z's here too. Yeah. And Oh, people actually know his music. I mean, yeah. you know, I know, like, you know, his top songs and whatever, but, like, yeah. people knew the songs I didn't know. I'm like, oh, and he commanded the crowd, and people seemed to like him and everything, and I don't know if I can like somebody that cheated on Beyonce. She is just way too perfect. Well, he did, he did put out an album that was basically, like, an entire apology to her. Um, I don't know if that helped, but he did, he did do that, and... He, he's making some sort of an effort, but there are a lot of people who don't like him. Yeah. But but Beyonce obviously is the show. Was she as breathtaking as uh, everyone expected her to be at U.S. Bank Stadium? She was. She absolutely was. I've seen her twice before. I saw her at the bank when she came, and I saw her at Target Center probably eight or so years ago. And honestly, I don't know if it was just because there was less Beyonce but and then she also didn't play as much of her old stuff either, which I really, really like that. Yeah, she played a lot of newer things, and she played things that she did with him, obviously. So I did prefer those other two performances better. But she's still perfection all around. You just you just see how she just commands the crowd, how much she loves her fans. Um, I mean, everything about her is just perfect. What what were the acoustics like? Because I've heard different stories about mm-hmm. the stadium and concerts there. I mean, what do you think of the sound? That was another thing that I said, too, because seeing her twice before, I just looked over at my friend. I'm like, the sound here isn't that good, is it? And I think it hurt him more being, um, you know, doing more rap than her as a singer. But, I mean, compared to, like, say, PCF Bank Stadium, it was night and day. She sounded a lot better there. PJ Fleck, I saw the tweet, uh, took the whole team <laughs> to Beyonce, which which I must say, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. If, if you want to, like, show off two recruits and, 
you know, show off to people about, you know, uh, the program and things you do for the program. That was pretty cool to see the whole video and all the guys were surprised uh, to have a chance to check out Beyonce. He just gets, he understands promotion, right? That's his biggest gift, it seems like. Absolutely. You guys have to check it out. Gopher Hole, we retweeted it. If you check, check out Gopher Hole's Twitter, I retweeted it. Um, and it was a complete surprise. And you just see that. I mean, because you think about a lot of these kids, they, some of them probably haven't even seen a concert. Yeah. This is absolutely huge to see someone that they've probably listened to for years that they worship. And it looks like they were probably sitting in a suite and they just went absolutely nuts. And it's little things like that, especially when they're probably doing two days now and they're going through camp and they're just they're grueling and grinding right now and you need those rewards and like you said pj fleck gets that and you need to have a balanced life you can't just have football you need to have that and you need to have that player bonding and the time with the coaches and all of those things because that translates onto success on the field as well i think it's funny that you can take your football team to a beyonce concert but if he had given every player uh the cash equivalent of those tickets, it would be a violation. Uh, it says a lot about the NCAA. But uh, on the field, what are you expecting? I mean, here we are, what, three weeks, four weeks out from yeah. this season. Uh, this is going to be a younger team. Obviously, he's rebuilding. Uh, what do you expect to see with Gophers football? You know what? That's exactly what it is. It, it is a younger team. I think the quarterback position is definitely a question. Um, you know, it's a battle worth watching. Um, I do think, you know, that... He, he said this, too. I mean, there are, what, 21 returning juniors and seniors. Yeah. There's so many unknowns. Um, I think that we are not going to be great this year. I think that if we are good, it'll be a surprise. So I think it's kind of setting the bar maybe a little low. Um, but I don't think that we're expected to be very good. But I do think we could maybe, you know, snag a few wins or, you know, kind of be the underdog and pull a couple things out. But I just, I don't see it happening this year, and I don't expect it, and I don't think, you know, I don't think that the real Gopher fan expects it from this year, but I do think that they're expecting things in year three and year four. I'm doing this state of the franchise deal where I'm asking people to give grades to every team, and not just based on where they are now, but where they could go. Uh, what grade would you give Gophers football right now? How are you grading people? Because I, I <laughs> What does that mean? You don't, think I, you don't think I'm equipped to do it? Well, no, no, I'm, I'm just wondering. Oh, like the criteria. It's just like whatever you want it to be. Like, like for me, I gave the Twins a B- minus because I said their future could be bright, right? Nadine, he's right. been grading me and Manny on a curve, <laughs> so we actually are getting pretty well, decent marks. Well, she teaches classes. She <laughs> understands grading. So, you know, it's whatever you want it to be, but it can be about, you know, not just where they are now, but where they could end up uh, if things continue to progress. Okay, so like Manny, what 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 grade did you get? Like, so I so I know in comparison to where the Gophers are at, because I know Manny does a good job. So what did you get? Uh, with the Twins, I I gave the Twins a C plus. I was right in between Myron and Reavers. I gave them a B minus. So I grade high. I'm I'm not probably the best person to. I actually come failed. To. I got to take the class over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and the Twins, they just went to the playoffs, right? Yeah, I gave them a B minus because they got some good young talent. Like I would get Gophers football right now. A C plus. Okay, so I would probably say if if we're looking at the twins being a, a C plus B minus team that went to the playoffs, I would probably say the Gophers are C minus then. Okay, um, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I think PJ is probably why I have them at like a C plus because I think I think he'll be able to recruit, sell the program. And I think they'll be able to make the strides, uh, you know, some strides over the next couple of years. 
considering mm-hmm. what he's been able to do. Now, Gophers basketball yeah. is a bit of a different story because I, I, I feel more comfortable being uh, tougher on them considering mm-hmm. the pieces they have. Like, I was at this AAU tournament in Kansas a couple weeks ago, and I talked to a Big Ten coach who, like, forgot that Jordan Murphy was back. He was like, wait, what? <laughs> he was like, wait, he's back? I was like, yeah, he's he's playing another year. He was like, what? We didn't know. So I think people are, you know, will be surprised by some of the guys, uh, especially that front court could be special. But Richard Pitino and Gophers basketball, what grade do they get right now? Yeah, I, first of all, is that why Jordan Murphy failed to make any preseason list because nobody thought he was going to be back? Because it's ridiculous how yeah. overlooked he is. One of the best players in the nation. He is unselfish. His double doubles are insane. Yeah, I seriously, he is one of my favorite Gophers of all time. I love how humble he is. And he honestly gets overlooked because he's on a bad team, and it really upsets me. Yeah. What, what, okay. grade would, what grade would you give them if you had to give them a grade right now? I would say I – this one's really tough for me, too, because I just – I don't know if anyone's stepping into Nate Mason's shoes. That's my biggest question right now. True. Because, I, I mean, having Eric Curry back is absolutely huge. A healthy Amir Coffey is going to be big. Um, even getting the Matt Stockman back, have him leave, come back. Um, I think Gopher basketball could be B me minus. That's I like that. That 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 feels. I mean, especially if they get back to the tournament, we will see. Nadine, as always, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And and I think you need a little bit more nasally and a little more anger in your voice if you really <laughs> want to take. If you want to be Patrick Royce, you need to do hey, a little more of that. I'm just I'm just being Myron. I'm just good being Myron. <laughs> to hey, grow, you must fail. See, <laughs> to grow, you must fail, Myron. That's okay. Uh, thanks again. Thank you. All right. Bye. Myron Metcalf back on the ride. Man, I've been snacking on these animal crackers, man. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like animal crackers. Does anybody hate animal crackers? We go through at least two cases of those in my house a week. Yeah, nobody hates them. Have you ever met anybody who says, I hate animal crackers? No. Nobody. I don't want to meet that person. I don't want to deal with anybody like no. that. They're pretty good. My homegirl, Courtney Cronin, uh, covers the NFL and Minnesota Vikings uh, for ESPN, ESPN.com. Does a terrific job. She's here with us now. Uh, Courtney, there are people, according to Twitter, who are panicking a bit uh, with this Nick Easton news. What is the state of the Vikings offensive line uh, after his season-ending neck surgery? I mean, it's not great. I don't think that's good news for anybody. But uh, nobody's sounding the the remix air horn siren out here, trying to, like, get everybody to, you know, be up in arms about the state of the offensive line. There's a few silver linings here. Does it suck that they lose a guy like Nick Easton, who's, you know, a huge part of the screen game for them and is really good at getting getting to the second level, getting out on blocks, he's athletic? Yeah, that's terrible. Um, but it's early in camp. They haven't even played a preseason game yet, and unlike in previous years, well, 2015, they lose the starting center and right tackle before the season even starts. Uh, they've got time. So time kind of is the calming factor here, and I think Mike Zimmer said it best earlier, where, you know, unprompted at the end of his press conference said that, you know, he's confident in these guys, and he likes their mentality, and then he's in the room with them, and they're fighters. I mean, whether they look to the free agent guard market or not, uh, they, they've got guys here that he's got, you know, he's put a vote of confidence in, and he thinks that, you know, they could potentially be the people and the personnel they need to fill that spot at left guard. 
Well, I know Richie Incognito ain't getting a call. Uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> not. I'm wondering. Yeah, he. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you look at the preseason game Saturday night, like what what's to be proven in that situation? The first preseason game of the year. What are some of the things that Zimmer uh, and company will be looking at uh, at the, in that game? Well, you know, big picture wise, it's okay. You've been in camp for two weeks, if not, you know, a little bit more than that. Uh, I think today's practice number eleven. It'll be their last practice before Saturday. So, for a lot of guys, it's okay. Are you taking the techniques that we taught you? Are you actually using it? And you know, position battles will begin to take shape and start to form a little bit more clear after this first preseason game. Certainly, the offensive line and how it responds uh, when they're you know going against guys other than this defensive line, which is certainly um, a really good test for them week in and week out in camp. But we don't, you know, we're not sure how many series Kirk Cousins will play. Other coaches are, you know, a little bit more upfront about that. You know, he's saying, okay, he's going to be in the first quarter and not a minute in the second quarter. He never wants to keep that close to the vest. Uh, but he did mention that, you know, Kirk Cousins will be in the game only as long as the offense, first team offensive line is. So that's to be under, that's understandable. What I'm going to be watching is, is how that rotation, uh, you know, so certainly with, you know, what the first team offensive line looks, how does Tom Compton look, and we're expecting him to play, uh, left guard. How does, you know, a guy like Cornelius Edison, who was a practice squad player a year ago, you know, how does he look with his communication with Kirk Cousins? Is he sending balls over his head, uh, you know, when the lights get a little bit brighter? I mean, he hasn't messed up a snap with the cadence yet, but what does that look like when, uh, the lights come on, and, and you know, then how does Danny Isadora, uh, you know, how how does he look at right guard? Because he's uh, he's kind of been inconsistent. That's the one thing that Mike Zimmer, you know, gets on him for. Whether you know his footwork looks good one day, then it's sloppy the next. And you know, outside of that, there's only one other position that really is a big question mark there, and it's at right tackle, which no. they don't want to become a revolving door. But by no means right now is, uh, you know, a, a done deal with Rashad Hill. I mean, I think Ryan O'Neal could be a guy who certainly pushes for that job. I think the, uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins and some of the moves that have been made have overshadowed what I think is a, a very important return. Dalvin Cook, I mean, wh- what does he mean for this team going forward and just him being healthy again? Well, I mean, there's two things that uh, offensive coordinator John Filippo preaches more than anything else, and it's, you know, to have success in the NFL, you got to run the football well and you got to protect the quarterback. So we don't know what Dalvin's going to, what the plan's going to be for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't see action in this first preseason game, especially behind this offensive line. Uh, you know, we don't, as I said, like it could be one series and, and they're terrible and then, they, and then everybody comes out and then they put in, you know, Trevor Simeon and it goes on from there. But Dalvin's return is huge for this team. Um, but I, I'm sure the Vikings are going to want to be cautious, too. I mean, he's looked good in practice going against his own guys, but, you know, once, once game speed becomes a factor and going against another defense that's not your own, uh, behind that offensive line, I just think that you want to keep caution with that, which uh, may or may not be what they do, but, you know, you could certainly see why they would. We, uh, we've been doing this state of the franchise uh, thing, and we're giving every team in the Twin Cities a, a, a grade. Um, and later today, we're going to give a grade to the Vikings. If you had to give the franchise a grade right now, based on where they are and where they could be if everything goes well, what what grade would you give them? Man, I mean, where where they are right now, uh, I mean, I, I I give it a solid B. I, I've been critical okay. in the in the past because of the decision to overlook 
um, uh, drafting, you know, a guard at 30. And, yeah. and that, how Mike Hughes plays this season will determine whether that pick comes back to look really good or really bad. Yeah. Um, and especially how, you know, how Mike Hughes how, and how the offensive line plays this year. Because over, you know, deciding to go past the guard market uh, and, and wait until 62 to get Brian O'Neill, somebody who, you know, looks like he means he's held his own for the most part. He's gotten beat a bunch of times, but he hasn't lost confidence. He still looks like he's a year away. Um, but, you know, would they still be in this predicament had they drafted um, someone like Austin Corbett? I mean, Will Hernandez was available, too. I mean, there was a num- Connor Williams. There's a number of different options to them available at 30 that they chose not to do. Uh, based on their draft strategy, which you can't you can't fault them for, but you know, based on where they could be, I think that the Achilles heel of this team, as it's been every single year, just about since Mike Zimmer got here in 2014, uh, could be the offensive line if things don't go right, and that could derail a lot. I, I know Mike Zimmer had to put a couple guys in timeout uh, yesterday. <laughs> what, what has Training camp been that way? Has it been feisty and contentious that that way? Nah, they just, I mean, just two guys going at it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like such a big deal, like an overreaction of sorts. I mean, I was, you know, pleased that we got to talk to them. We have an incredible PR staff out here. I have to give a shout-out to Sam Newton for, for getting both of those guys to talk to us today because there'd be some places that'd be like, we're not going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's a total overreaction. The dudes were... It was like a cat fight. They were going at it, like slapping at each other. I mean, nobody, no, there was no punches thrown. It wasn't Jalen Ramsey incident. It wasn't the Raiders and the Cowboys <laughs> years ago. Like, you know, it's fine. Guys get heated. You know, at this point in camp, you have 11 practices going against the same players. You have two incredibly high competitors, two of the best at their position, two high-paid guys going at it. I mean, I think it breeds good competition, but I also, you know, uh, bigger picture-wise, it really shows you how much they respect Mike Zimmer and, uh, you know, and, and his decision to really, you know, clip this before it became something where, you know, fists and, you know, punches are getting thrown. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they got, you know, taking away practice from both of them, two guys that love to go out there and play, uh, was a wake-up call. And, you know, it's just, you know, basically, you know, don't be an idiot. Be accountable. You guys are leaders. They can't see you out here, you know, coming to blows and things like that. So just chill. Like, just yeah. go home. You know, I, I, I tell them I'm going to use that same size, and I hope someone kicks me out one day so <laughs> I can go home early. I don't know what I have to do, but I'm going to find out how to do it. Yeah, you, you definitely deserve the break. I, this is like a cliche question that every team gets asked, right? Um, but I'm always curious. When you have a team that found that level of success, and they come into this year where you're not the underdog, everybody expects you to be really good. How are they handling that? Just sort of, you know, that perspective and people looking at them and thinking, hey, you should be competitive and chase a Super Bowl. They're handling it in a way that I think is probably better than other teams I've covered uh, the way they've, they've handled it. I remember it's a quick story. Last year when I was covering the Raiders, you know, coming off the AFC wildcard game, you know, Derek Carr gets hurt down the stretch, but they had a really promising season. Um, you know, the, the Super Bowl question started, you know, the day that rookies reported, and it was asked every single day. And the way that they handled that, I don't think, you know, there was a lot that, that came undone with that team and I think a lot of it was just kind of uh, you know, we yeah, we we expect to be Super Bowl contenders. We expect to be, you know, top of our division and you know, win the AFC West, blah, 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 blah. You don't hear that around here. I think that there's the fact that they've tempered expectations and what you saw, you know, Kirk Cousins say where, you know, he's admitting to the challenge of playing behind an offensive line, which 
can be taken, you know, one of two ways. I mean, a lot of guys are just like, no, I'm totally confident. You know, guys are grinders, hard, you know, they put in hard work. I'm totally confident behind whoever I play behind. But the authenticity you're seeing there with Cousins is, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. And I think that that's, you know, something that a lot of these guys on this team are willing to accept and be honest about because they know what's at stake. They know the target that's on their back here and just how good the NFC is just from top to bottom. Um, and they're, you know, they're realistic about it. So, you know, I, I think they've done a really good job in handling those type of expectations from the outside, but not letting it become, you know, a part of everyday discourse out here in Egan. Yeah, yesterday we all went through every game in the, in the season and kind of gave out our win losses. I think Reavers had them at 12 and 4. Uh, is that right, Reavers? You had him at 12 and 4? Yeah, because I'm the only positive one around yeah, here. He had, him at, he had him at 12 and 4. Manny and I had him at 10 and 6. I'm not going to put you in that position to, to project their record. I'll stand by 10 and 6. I said that in April. You, 10 and 6. Okay, all okay. this stuff popped off. I'll well, stand by that. So that's why, right, Cordy. I'll mark you down as a negative <laughs> one, too. That's so, fine. So why, so why 10 and 6? I mean, why do you think uh, there'll be a bit of a drop from last season? Okay, let's let's start with the obvious. You know, you have a brand. It's one thing if you have an offensive coordinator, a new guy come in to assist, you know, change up things, keep things from the old system. That's one thing. You have a brand-new quarterback on top of that makes it ten times harder, yeah. uh, you know, specifically for Kirk. Do not be surprised if the first four games of the season, four, first month, if you have to see John DiFilippo try to ma- have to manage uh, Kirk Cousins in a game. That's, that's to be expected. People always want to know, okay, how long is it going to take till the offense uh, starts clicking? How, you know, are you comfortable yet? You yeah. might not be comfortable for, you know, four, until four or five games, even – you know, halfway through the season. So you just, you roll with that. And I think on top of that, the schedule is, you know, atrocious. They have to go in the first five weeks of the season. They go to Green Bay. uh, They play the Rams in Los Angeles. Then they go to Philly. I think that that's incredibly tough in this offensive line. I mean, I, you know, what, what Mike Zimmer said today about how he has faith in his guys and he likes what the offensive line room looks like and how they've responded, that's good. But, that could very easily become your downfall once again. 2016 was not that long ago, and we know what happened. You know when you when you lose your bookends, and then you know you're, you're constantly moving guys around, and there's a series of events that kind of put them in this spot. On top of not drafting alignment, I mean they didn't they didn't pick up Jeremiah Searles RFA tender, which they could have gotten very low for about 1.9 million. You know Joe Berger retired. They had a lot of things that they had to overcome, yeah. um, and you know. This next month, and I mean the storyline of the season all along, in my opinion, one of the you know more pointed ones, other than Kirk Cousins in the offense, is how does this offensive line respond after losing some pieces from 2017, and they lost another one today. Courtney, you're so negative. This is just this <laughs> is awful. You know, Royce's already having an influence on you. No, she's she's great. You're good. We all have ten to six. Rivers the only one uh, who's sitting at twelve and four. Hey, keep crushing it. Uh, get some rest when you can. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Courtney. We will be back after this. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> forgot to turn my mic on. This update sponsored by Burlington. Make Burlington stores your back-to-school headquarters and save big shoes, backpacks, lunch bags, plus casual looks and basics. Your favorite brand names for less. Burlington, style for everyone. Michael Brantley's ninth-inning single gave the Indians a 5-4 to four win over Minnesota today. That's second straight walk-off victory against the Twins. We stink. By the way, Johnny, you had said it was their 10th. I, Lavelle's saying that's their 12th. 12th. I did see that also. Oh, yes. gosh. 
Uh, Brantley grounded a 2-1 pitch off Addison Reed, passed a diving Miguel Sano at first base. That scored Greg Allen. Uh, Addison, by the way, now 1-6 on the season. The Twins had fought back from a 4 to nothing deficit capped by a three-run home run by Jorge Polanco. The Twins now move on to Detroit to play the Tigers in a weekend series. Other games this afternoon, Washington beat Atlanta 6-3. to San Diego scored six runs in the top of the ninth inning. They defeated Milwaukee 5 to four. Football note, uh, bad Vikings news. Their starting guard, Nick Easton, is out for the year. He had surgery this morning to repair a herniated disc in his neck. Easton started 12 games for the Vikings in 2017. The New England Patriots will add $5 million in performance-based incentives to Tom Brady's contract by this weekend, according to ESPN. Well, thank God, because he needs the money. Well, he's apparently he's a low man on the totem pole, or one of them anyway. He makes the same as Tyrod Taylor, so... Huh? He's currently scheduled to make 15 mil this season. The he had a is, he had a deal from a couple of years ago where they like restructured it to like man, defer a lot of the money he was hope making. Hope he and Giselle can make it to the next paycheck. <laughs> Adding the incentives to bring him uh, closer to the market. The adjustments are similar to what the Patriots did last year with, with yeah. tight end Rob Gronkowski's deal. Oh no, Brady. No, that's a cool name. His first name is really Tyrod. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, oh, he should be. He should own like a race team or something. He should be a. That chief. is a race car name. He should be a chief mechanic or something. Tyrod Taylor. That's who fixes my car. You dummies <laughs> can go to anybody you want. I'm bringing it to Tyrod. He's on Hard Knocks. He plays for the Browns. The Hard Knocks this year is on the Cleveland Browns. Huh. I'm impressed. <laughs> PGA champion. That's cool. PGA championship today. Ricky Fowler finished the day at five under. I'm always going to be a Dick Trickle fan of uh, racing names as far as uh, nothing else will ever compare, Kenny. I'm sorry. Wisconsin guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dustin Johnson side with Ricky, but Dustin's still on the course. Dustin's at five under, and there's seven players at three under. Uh, Tiger Woods, if you're wondering, he started badly, but uh, he fought back. He finished the day at even Par. I met him in the 70s, Chris, when he was racing snowmobiles. Did you fan out I met, like John did at the State Fair? With, totally. Yeah. I met Dick Trickle in the 70s. <laughs> I'm going to come over there, Reavers, and I'm going to slap you. You ever, ever hear that story, Myron? Tell Myron this no. Story. Yeah, so we, had the, we had uh, Jayhawks lead singer Gary Loris we, on the show on Garage Logic at the State Chris, Fair, and John that. just completely went Chris Farley, and I go on, Remember that one album you guys did? That was really yeah. cool. Now, now, is, now, Myron, let me tell you the real story. This is not how I remember it happening. Let me, t- let me tell you the real story, Myron. That's not uh, how I recall at it. At the time, it was a Friday, and we we play the bumps. I have a little band, and my kid was playing with us also. He plays guitar. His kid, otherwise known as the better guitar player. <laughs> so my kid, I asked my kid, Gary Loris was backstage. I said, hey, do you want to meet... Uh, Gary Loris and said, "Yeah, that's great. I, I love the Jayhawks." Uh, Chris Reavers, yep. uh, all six foot four of them or whatever, pushed my kid out of the way to the ground, pretty much. To <laughs> I did go the Desmond st- Howard Heisman <laughs> to go stand by Gary Loris to get his picture taken with him. And so, uh, yeah, oh, but you should have heard him. You should have heard him. Can I get you anything to drink? Are you comfortable? <laughs> you need a back Can I get massage? a sandwich anything for you? you? Yeah, yeah. I clean between your toes. <laughs> <laughs> it was really despicable. I'm a thorough host. That's what I am. A thorough. <laughs> the Lynx on the road tonight. They're in Las Vegas to play the Aces. Now, the Lynx have five regular season games to go. A victory tonight could clinch playoff berth, the eighth in a row for Minnesota. A top two finish, that's probably not in the cards. The Lynx are three games behind second place Atlanta with five to play, and the Dream has the head to head. Tiebreaker. So the Aces aren't going to forfeit this game. They're going to. They're going to. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. They yeah. Made they're they're going to they're 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 play this for like game. Thirty right. hours. Like I can't believe people were upset. They forfeit. Oh boy, you should have been, oh, been in here 
Myron. Everybody was yelling this at him. This is setting a bad precedent for future teams. <laughs> oh, man. it's. But what? So what did happen? I mean, did... Well, they don't fly charter. I think they're, they're professionals, but they don't fly. They fly commercial. No, I know that part of it, but what, what happened with their record? They were just... Do they get the loss, and who are they playing? Los Angeles? Yeah, it was, they forfeited the game. That's and forfeit. then the other team just automatically gets the win? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm, I don't like it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Justin Verlander, in the midst of another great season, credits wife Kate Upton with saving his So career. would I. He's, he says a couple <laughs> years ago, uh, she was uh, instrumental because he was depressed and just kind of upset at the world. It was 2014, he thought his career was over, so he had a talk with her and she said, uh, there's things you can do, you know, people you can talk to. Because her business, he says, is much harder than his. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he needed, realized he needed help because of his talk with her physically and emotionally. Uh, so he said he went and talked to a therapist. Uh, I, I have a firm belief. This might be a sturdy limb I'm standing on, but I think huh. Kate Upton could help every man's career <laughs> with a thorough talking to. Well, not anymore because now they're married, of course, and they're expecting a kid. I did not know this. They announced they're really? expecting oh. a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last month they made the announcement, so. Congratulations. To Congratulations to the happy couple. They are a great couple. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf filling in here on the ride. Uh, Royce. Um, Tiger Woods shot a 70 today at the PGA Championship. Uh, really, really rocky start. I think he was it bogey. Double bogey. He was three over after two holes. I don't know how he got there. He, got, he was in the drink uh, yeah. on the second hole, and I figured it was over. I mean, when he went to the water, I, I said, uh, this is going to be a disaster. Um, and, and and Joe actually brought this up last hour off air. He, he's been grinding it out. I mean, I think that's the thing you're noticing with him at the Masters, certainly at the Open, and then again here. The, the one thing that Tiger lost was – Whenever he got down in those rough years, when his back was back just in, flare up, yeah, yeah it, was, it 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 he couldn't get back into a rhythm. He lost he had lost his ability to get back into a rhythm, and I think we've already seen in three majors this year. In the Masters, he showed heart. Um, wasn't great, obviously, but the back was holding up, and you could see his determination in the Open. He makes that amazing run uh, for a while. It looked like he might be. The guy, and here we are again. Guy starts horribly, three over after two. Was he Reavers? Three after after, after three, two. Three over after two holes, and he yeah. ends he ends even. Um, and I think that's the quality of Tiger Woods that it had appeared that he had lost, especially the combination of the post, you know, uh, marital issues combined with you know his personal life and his back. Like he had lost that, but I feel like we're seeing a guy who feels confident in his back feels confident in his health for the first time in a long time. And he just looks relaxed. I don't care if he wins or not. I mean, I would love to see Tiger win, but I'm happy to see him loose and free and just feeling like he's looking like he's having fun on the course again. And outside of the physical ability that he had in the early part of his career, because that's never coming back. No. But the other thing that he used to possess that he no longer does on the golf course is intimidation. He doesn't possess yeah. that anymore with the other golfers because, you know, in 2000, between 2000 and 2009, if he was in contention on Sunday, the other golfers, for the most part, would wilt because mm-hmm. they just... They, they were he, scared of him. They, oh, he, yeah. They, he was feared, but that, that sense is gone now. 
yeah, it's 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 gone. But I think I think what it's become is if you're Spieth, if you're Dustin Johnson, if you're some of these young guys coming up, you would love nothing more than to show up Sunday at a major and Tiger's right there. Like you want to beat that version of if, if that version of Tiger shows up, mm-hmm. you want to beat, you know, Tiger being in the hunt. He's not old Tiger. It was like when Michael Jordan came back and played with the Wizards. It right. was a joke. Right. But people forget, he averaged 20 a game. Yeah, He averaged 20 a game at almost 40 years old. And there were still young guys playing Michael Jordan in a Wizards jersey who still felt you know some sense of pride being on the floor with him. I think Tiger's the same way in that if you're one of those young guys, if you're Roy, you would love to go toe-to-toe Sunday with Tiger Woods for the championship, him being right there neck and neck. Um, that still means something to them. They're not intimidated by him, but I think there's still a little bit of that. If you beat Tiger and he's playing well, that's going to help you in your yeah. legacy. Well, right. Jordan Jordan Spieth better get it in gear because he's he's on the 12th hole right now and he's one over for the day so far. So Jordan yeah. better get it in gear. Yeah, he'll he'll be. Fun. He just to me, if I had to pick one golfer who could replace, no one will replace Tiger, but could follow Tiger and there will never be another Tiger, but could be. The face of golf, I'm picking Spieth. And even if, obviously, Tiger, the, the big talking point is, is Tiger back? Is he going to be back? I just even think if he's if he's relevant and in contention at any point during a weekend, yeah, that's a victory for the people like you and Phil Mackey that yeah. want to see Tiger compete again. Yeah. Don't it, you, I, I mean, at least that's the way I see it. Him being in the mix, listen, I watched the Golf Channel today. today. I watched every hole with Tiger. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't won a major in a decade. And I cannot think of another athlete who has been 10 years removed from his best stuff and people were still holding on. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly, I cannot think. Now, golf is unique, but it's not like Tiger's 50. Like, I can't think of a guy who in his late 30s, early 40s, we were still going, he, he might have something, like Gretzky maybe? I don't know. Like, I don't know if, you know, a hockey player would be the – Closest yeah, thing I'm to, to it. Think too, and I can't. You know, a hockey player who maybe had it and then kind of lost it and had. But I really can't think of someone who was 10 years removed from their best days and that yeah. we were still hanging on to this fantasy, maybe. Because it might be fantasy. It might be silly to think that Tiger's going to make a run again and win a couple of majors or even a major. But because well, that's a long time removed from. There's your, nothing like from it. Your peak, yeah. I mean, I, the, the only thing I can think of, think of is if there is a hockey player. Who had a late run, who 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 you know maybe people are kind of waiting him waiting for him to show up again. But Tiger Woods is doing something special, and that's why we're all watching. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf back here on the ride, filling in for Patrick Royce all week. Uh, Reavers, you got something? So we've all had our favorite jersey at one point or another growing yeah. up, you know, and we mm-hmm. probably still keep that as a keepsake or maybe bust it out for a big game once in a while. Yeah. Diehard Jacksonville Jaguars fan Tom Rickert says he ordered a custom Jags jersey from the NFL shop. Then he tweeted out the photo of the jersey that was sent to him with a Patriots logo on the very front <laughs> oh, of, no. of it. <laughs> <laughs> says I was devastated to see this atrocity that even exists and for all this crap to me. But it's one thing for another team, but it's the team that knocked you out of the playoffs. That's, that's funny. That's got to be somebody messing around. Like, how does that happen randomly? And you know what else I have to say about this? 
Can you be a diehard Jags fan? That's what I, I, I was the, at. I mentioned this yesterday. Yeah, you went I down was there. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Those people are frauds, man. They're, first of all, they're all college <laughs> it's football fans. Florida. Well, and it's they've been they around since 90 or whatever it is. 95. 95. It's all football Please. down there. It's all college it football. And it was down there. And they're they, like, wait a minute, there's a playoff game? Yeah. Well, all, maybe we should go. All they cared about, because, you know, we went out to a bar. Yeah. And all they cared about was Florida State. That's it. And could they beat the Gators? That's all they care. There they don't nothing care about else. The Jags. There's no. nothing else in Florida but no. college football. They the biggest game played at that stadium every year is Florida versus Georgia. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only major game that people care about down there. Is Jacksonville in a place where it's even in a position to allow people to get customized jerseys? Like I feel like you should have to get something standardized. They are ugly uniforms. Like you too. should be allowed to. You just got to order whatever is out there on the rack. Yeah. Because they've got that weird helmet paint the job, two, the too. The two-tone helmet, It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. I've never understood their scheme. You know what, Joe? It's, they got a theme problem with their uniform. Yeah, they well, <laughs> it's a little of this and a little of that. It's one of those ideas that, like, no one had, you know, no one walked into the room and said, this is a bad idea. Right. People were afraid to say that. Boy, they had that, some... Did I tell you my consultant idea? No. You, you pay me $5,000 a pop where I just show up to your meeting, <laughs> and I just tell you if this is a dumb idea. It could be, it could be anything. It can be anything you want. I just show up to your meeting, five thousand bucks a pop, and I and I, you go, hey, Myron, what do you I think? I get you for five grand. You you get me through the meeting, right? But like, don't bring me in at the you know development you stage. You're kind of like a meeting hooker, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, bring me in, bring me in, and I will tell you, right? If this is because how many people end up in these corporate problems you know what i mean like i'm the dude you like, like is this a good did idea you ask anybody like this that's is a terrible exactly. idea we always say that we always You're say right. why didn't you ask someone before you decided to just, do this just walk in get presented dude. with the idea and just say that ain't it man. And, and, and then walk <laughs> that out ain't it. and then walk out myron then Met- i can see your business card i'm telling myron you metcalf marketing hoe <laughs> i'm telling you hey, hey. <laughs> that could be a great job I'm telling you, I will save your company right. from doing something stupid. $5,000 a pop, baby. Five, I got you. You know? Just walk <laughs> in. Like, that you know, ain't it, man. Give me my check. The meeting walk starts. Out. You know, we were thinking about black people. No, nope, nope, no, no. That ain't it. Nope. Don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't. I saved you. 5000 bucks a pop. I will save your company. Uh, but Jacksonville, come on. Yeah. Customize anything? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is a joke. That's Someone did that to him, but I wouldn't have tweeted that. I would have just hidden that thing. Oh no! You tweet this out, you get a free jersey. Now. Is, that, is that the goal? Oh, guaranteed. Because he's got to take care he of. He tagged both teams in the. Oh tweet yeah, too. Some, somebody'll. Yeah. But knowing him, if he's a Jacksonville fan, he'll be a New England fan. All of a sudden, after all of this, we'll be back.